Welcome to the Gymnastics Mindset Academy podcast, where we develop happy, healthy gymnasts who know how to win. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, Coach Stacy here, along with Coach Allie, and we are on week three of helping your gymnasts actually think positively. So we're continuing our journey on helping you understand how to help your gymnast go from a negative thought um, that, you know, kind of that negative mindset that's keeping them stuck to a positive thought or a positive belief that's going to fuel them to do what they want to do. And we know so many of you have tried mindset work and this is where you get stuck. Where you're like, I know the thought needs to be positive, but I can't get there. I'm trying to think, I'm trying to believe, I'm telling myself, but it's not helping. And the reason it's not helping is because their brain doesn't yet believe it to be true. So we really went in a lot to this the last couple of weeks on why this is and how the brain works. Um, so I really encourage you to go back and listen to those if you haven't already. But really at the end of the day, um, just like creating new muscle memory for a skill, when you're trying to create a new thought and there's an old thought that's been problematic, you got to relearn how to do it from the beginning. And then you got to go step by step by step. So the way that we set up the step by step by step is something we call the thought ladder. So the thought ladder is literally a ladder. And at the bottom is the current thought that you're thinking. And at the top is the new thought that you want to think that's going to help you do the things that you want to do. And we did the last couple of weeks about how to find those. Um, so I'm assuming right now you have your current thought and you have the new thought. And so now what we want to do is teach you the steps of the ladder, the progression, the mindset progression to get to that new thought. So at the bottom is your current belief. Um, and Allie, uh, you want to talk about that? Yeah. So let me just start by saying that a belief is just a thought that you've thought over and over and over again. And oftentimes we believe that that is a fact or the truth after we've thought it many, many times. So let's, I'm going to go to an example of I'm terrible at bars. Okay. So your gymnast is likely thought that thousands of times. I'm terrible at bars. I'm terrible at bars. Not conscious, like on purpose. She's not showing up to the gym being like terrible at bars, but it just comes up over and over. The more you practice it, the more it just subconsciously happens and it happens. Okay. So now she's thought this so many times that it's a belief, which means that it feels like a fact to her. Like if you were like, well, that's not true. That's just a thought. She would say, no, it is true. And let me tell you why. And she'd give you like 800 reasons for why it's true. And when you believe that something is true and that it's a fact, you can't change it, right? Like if it's the truth, then it's just a fact and everybody agrees and it is what it is. And so in this very first step is to really, really help them start taking that process of understanding that this is not a fact and that this is a thought which means that there is opportunity to change what we're thinking. And so we, this first step, we'll teach you the rest of the ladder next week, but this first step we're going to do an entire episode on because it can be so ingrained that it is one to me, the most important part because you have to believe that it's a thought in order to change it. And two, it can take the longest 
for you to break that that um belief that this is something that's true and so you can sometimes have to spend a lot of time here and do a lot of work through this one step so this is stacy's favorite step so i'm actually going to send it back over to her and let her talk about how she helps her gymnast through this process yeah so um the simplest thing is just to begin okay for you as the coach for you to begin to refer to it as their thought for you to begin to help them start the process of believing it's a thought and not a fact so for you to start using language like i notice that you're thinking i notice that your brain is telling you i hear that your brain is saying a little side note we actually like to have them name their their brains their their brain that's kind of in the always you know telling them the opposite so you know um Allie has the best story about that Oh my gosh. We, I just recently asked, um, I think she's like 12, it's 12 about right. Yeah. Okay. She's yeah. like 12. And I was like, Oh, can you name your brain? And she looks at me. She didn't even take that long. She just kind of like looks at me and goes, she's a Karen, definitely a Karen. I about died, but it does make it really easy to speak to her about like, what is Karen saying to you? I noticed that Karen is saying this and it one kind of lightens it up a little bit, but two makes it much easier to talk about and it a little bit more, um, willing, I guess when, the, when they call their brain, Karen, rather than my brain, it feels like that's separate from them. And that's good. Yeah. I, uh, I named my brain a long time ago, sweet Stacy, but here's how I, oh, sweet Stacy, <laughs> sweet Stacy. Like, and part of it is that idea that my brain's not trying to sabotage me. It's actually trying to keep me safe. It's doing its very best with what it knows. It's not the problem. And I, I don't want to start a fight with my brain. Like I actually want to be, um, you know, on board with my brain and, and coming in as the role. I tell them to come in as the big sister. Like you're coming in, like you're, that part of your brain is often like a toddler. I'm going to go a little sciencey. That's always my, my jam. So the part of our brain that really is running all of this is the subconscious unconscious part of our brain, the primary brain. This is the brain that kind of like you get things put into a habit and it just runs the habit again and again and again. Um, and because our human thinking brain takes so much energy to use, um, in order for us to survive 95% of our time, we're being run by our primary brain. And that brain is fully developed by the time we're seven years old. And then after that, unless we're consciously trying to rewire it, we're running off of our seven-year-old program. And so like helping them understand that part of your brain is kind of young and little, and your job is to come in and be the big sister. Now for adults, we actually say you come in and parent your brain. But for the for them, I always tell them, like, you need to come in and be the big sister. So when big sisters, you know, um, like asking, you think she's telling you. So I was like, I want you to imagine, like, you got a little level two, you know, coming up to you. Little, little five-year-old or I don't know. How old are level twos these days? I don't know. I don't even know. <laughs> you got a little one coming up to you. And it's like, isn't that scary? She's not telling you and warning you that it's scary, 
because she has some knowledge about it that you don't have. She's asking you because she feels afraid or she envisions that she would be afraid in that situation. And so you're going to like answer her lovingly. She's not trying to like do anything wrong to you, you know? So I always give them this example. Like, can you imagine that um, there's like a lightning storm going on outside and you're sitting there with your little three-year-old little sister, little brother, niece, nephew, not niece, <laughs> cousin, <laughs> you may be niece, but anyways, this little one. And, and they're like, I'm so scared. What if we get struck by lightning? And you're like, honey, the lightning's outside. We're okay. We're safe. And you probably put your arm around them and you'd hold them. And so that's like how I like to teach them to talk to their brain is with like care and compassion, but also not believing them. That part of our brain doesn't have special knowledge that needs to warn us. That part of our brain is just scared all the time. And our job is to come in and make it feel better. So that's where I go with the, the sweet Stacy. But we have them name it name their brain. And then it is like your job as the coach is to help them start thinking about their brain as separate from who they are and their identity and start questioning the things that their brain is saying in a normal way. Like, well, yeah, our brains all say crazy things. Like, you know, that saying kids say the darndest things. So with one of my gymnasts, I used to use that. She would name her brain. Bob. Bob says the darndest things. And she'd just be like, isn't Bob funny? Bob says the silliest things all the time. And so we just kind of try to start helping them make some separation. Um, but then my favorite activity is just to have them say, I notice that I'm thinking. That's it. They don't need to change the thought. They don't need to do anything with it. I notice that I'm thinking. And then we add on to the end and I might be wrong. So I just tell them every single time that you catch yourself having that thought, or if you have it and you're remembering, thinking back about it, oh, I noticed that I was thinking this and I might be wrong. Oh, I noticed that I'm thinking and I might be wrong. Oh, I noticed that I'm thinking and I might be wrong. But it can also be really helpful to help them see why they might be wrong and help them mm -hmm. find evidence. So Ali, you want to share that part? Yeah, that's actually what I was going to go into because, um, you know, as I said earlier, they think these things are true. And so they'll tell you all these reasons why it's true. Like I'm bad at bars because that was my lowest scoring event last year. I'm bad at bars. So just like helping them like start to see how like that's not true to everybody. So I'm always like, so if I went up to your best friend at school, who doesn't do gymnastics, would she agree with you that you're really bad at bars? Would she be like, oh yeah, you're just terrible at bars? And they're like, no. I'm like, oh really? What What do you think they'd think? They'd think it was like really cool and that awesome that I could do all this stuff. I'm like, oh, hmm, interesting. It's interesting how somebody else could think something different than you. And just start like really being able to like pull back all of those ingrained like this is true um another one that i like to do is even just asking her like do you think your coach thinks you're bad at bars and they're like well yeah because people like score better than me and then we'll like talk through like well what are you best at on bars because usually there's something right that they feel so good about like well i at least always hit my handstands like oh so do you think your coach thinks that you're really bad at that and they're like 
No, they actually love my handstands. Oh, hmm, interesting. So do you think it's possible that they actually don't think in, and just really continuing to pull back at like, okay, is it possible that that's not the fact? And let's come up with other things that could, that could be true about this situation as well. And when you can do that and they find things that actually do feel true of like, oh, this person thinks that I'm good at bars. Oh, my coach actually thinks that I have really nice lines in my handstands, which I actually think is an important part of bars. So maybe it is possible for me to be good. And like getting them to like start tearing away at those parts can be really fun actually i think it's fun because they kind of like at first they're kind of like no 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 and then you start seeing them like almost like relax a little like okay okay like i don't it's not like they're like believing you that they're amazing but they're at least at this point where they're like they start to actually see that it's possible for them to believe that they're not terrible and that's like so relieving like you can tell when they're at a point where they're like oh my gosh, it's possible for this to not be true. Yeah. Do, you, do you feel like you can like see that relief in your gymnast when they get to get 100%, there? Yeah, <laughs> it's the best. And I like to put their brain on assignment. So your brain doesn't actually care what its assignment is. It just does what it's like assignment is. Mm -hmm. So I like to put their brains on assignment. Hey, over the next two days, I want you to come up with five different reasons um, why this thought might not be true. Mm -hmm. Um, I want you to come up with five reasons why the opposite might be true. You know, um, I was doing this once with one of my gymnasts who is afraid of her power. And so then she was like, I said, well, why might it, I want you to come up with five reasons why it might be true that your power is helpful for you to, to do a skill. Like where, where is it easiest to do your skills? Like, where is it easiest to do your back, your back tuck? And she's like, on the trampoline. I'm like, interesting. Why is it easier to do it on the trampoline? She's like, because I have more power. <laughs> like, huh? Okay. And then, you know, and then maybe we'll go through other people. And, and so just getting them on assignment, it is helpful when you tell them, but it's the most helpful when their brain comes up with it because then they're like not fighting against it. So sometimes I won't even give them. I'll just be like, I like, tell me right, like I have an assignment for you now, or I want you to come back to me tomorrow mm -hmm. with five reasons why this thought might not be true. And I like the tomorrow thing if they're struggling in the moment, like because sometimes they just need to let their guard down. You know, it's sometimes easier if they're in practice and they're frustrated and you're like, you know, trying to give them helpful things or ask helpful questions. Sometimes when they're just like on guard, like to be able to just give them an assignment, they can go home and they can eat and they can chill for a second. And then it just opens their mind up to other possibilities. So like if they're not coming up with it right there, that's okay. Do the assignment. Yeah. Yeah. The more time you spend on this one, um, the easier the rest of them usually are because once they finally go, oh, maybe this is just a thought and maybe it's actually not true and their brain finally loosens hold on that grip, the rest of them are a lot easier to do. Mm -hmm. um, I often will end up spending weeks on this one with a kid and then we go through the rest of the ladder and like, like we'll finally break through in a, in a session and then we get to the top of the ladder by the end of the session. Like, so sometimes if you just get through this one, so the idea of this one is just helping them believe that it's just a thought and that it might not be true. 
And the specific ways that you can do that are talking to them um, about their brain, about their thoughts as if it's separate from them. Maybe you can help them name their brain, um, ask them to come up with reasons that it's not true. Um, and then the final one that I love to use is I want you to think of a skill that you're good at. And then if, if your teammate was struggling with that skill, why do you think she might be thinking that she couldn't do it? And why do you think that might not be true? Okay. Now are any of those things true for you? Mm -hmm. um, so those are different strategies that we use. Um, again, uh, we're in the setup phase of the thought ladder. And so this is kind of um, work that you might have them do at home, work you might sit around um, in the gym and spend a 15-minute session on. But here's the thing I want to tell you. When you're trying to change your kids' actions, but their thought and belief doesn't, or their belief and their emotion doesn't change, the actions they can only change it with willpower and it doesn't last. Mm -hmm. So this is why you see kids like making a correction, making an improvement, coming back the next day, starting over. Mm -hmm. You got to change the thought and the emotion that's driving it in order for the action to change. And so, do, so you know, taking 15 minutes outside of your gym workout or away from your gym workout to sit down with your gymnast and do this is going to help them far more than that 15 minutes of practice could do. Because when they're doing practice from thoughts and, and emotions that fuel them, the practice is so much more productive. And so it's worth your time to take away from the gym and, and do this with your kids. So again, last week, Allie, before I wrap up, anything else? Nope. Okay. So last week, um, I said this, but I want to say it again. We have a podcast. We call it the secret podcast to actually think positively that we have made to teach your kids this. And so um, I'm going to put it in the show notes. You can link to it. You can send it out to your kids. You can listen to it together with your kids. Um, you know, just do one a week if you wanted to do for this month. Um, and uh, where we teach them how to, where, where we're teaching them how to do this. I think that's going to be more effective for you than trying to teach it yourself. Um, and then. Um, we would be so appreciative if you liked, it's not liking on the podcast, it's like stars. So give us, <laughs> give us a review with five stars if you think we're a five-star review worthy um, and uh, share it with other coaches. We hear from coaches all the time, like, gosh, I wish I knew this earlier. This is so helpful. Um, so we just want to spread these tools to as much of the gymnastics community as possible. And uh, yeah, so we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. Everyone says that gymnastics is 80% mental, but most gymnasts spend very little time training their brain. You've seen it a thousand times where a gymnast can do her skills physically, but her fear and doubt are holding her back. Or she does amazing routines in practice, but her nerves get the best of her in competition. We would love to help your gymnast have productive practices and confident competitions. We know they need to get maximum results in the shortest time possible. So we've created short, effective lessons and coaching that fit between practice and the rest of life. We have courses and coaching programs for individual gymnasts and gymnastics teams that are based on proven behavioral science you can be confident in and results that speak for themselves. Invest in the one thing that will have the greatest impact on your gymnast success, their mind. Check us out at gymnasticsmindsetacademy.com.